I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hey everybody, welcome back to Oops the Podcast. I am Julio. I'm joined by Francis. Francis, how are you, buddy? I'm great. Good to good to see you, man. Good to see you. Always a pleasure. Um Dude, I have some fun life updates for you. Oh, I love your life. Life. <laughs> well, when you have an update, it's a big deal. <laughs> You've grown so much since we first met. Yeah, so you're right. You're I, right, I can't wait to hear it. You're right. Um, Lay it on me. So, first of all, I am going to begin drinking again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I made it two months without drinking. Um, that is unbelievable yeah it was a long time that's um, a long time i broke it i was supposed to wait till march 11th to kind of revisit it ricky who we know obviously one of my one of my good pals one of a good pal of the pod he had his birthday dinner we were all kind of at dinner and they ordered shots and i was like this is a good time to break totally to break it totally. um so i did that and i went to the, the nutritionist and i sort of told her i was like listen like i love drinking i love it i was like for so many reasons, like it honestly balances me out mentally in a way that's really healthy. I know this sounds like an alcoholic saying why alcohol is important to him, but just hear me out. Like my, my creative process, like during the day when I'm like doing the unfun parts of, I'm like kind of like doubting myself and wondering. And like when I'm drunk is when I'm like not afraid to be like, that's a fucking dope idea. Like I love it. And like, I keep that with me. And then the next day I'm like, okay, drunk me was right. This is dope. I got to keep doing it wow. type of thing. You know, okay. I, yeah. I have that. Also, like, dude, I love getting fucking drunk and banging my girlfriend, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like we, you know, it's fun. That's like a fun thing. And isn't that the goal in a relationship? Like, you know, getting drunk and having a great time with the person you're with, your partner, whoever you're dating. Like, that's fun. You know what I mean? And, and like, I miss that, dude. Mm. I miss that during this two month period. And so we are kind of like tinkering my program to incorporate a healthy amount of drinking oh, okay. into, back into my life. Cause I'm not, I'm not just fully giving up. I'm also, I'm not, I, I, I've committed to never being psycho about fitness again. Like it's whatever, you know what I mean? I'd like to be in acceptable shape where I, where I think I look my best on camera, but like, I don't need to sacrifice fun life stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So whatever. So that's where we're at. Um, and I'm excited about, you know, this next step in my... What do you guys do when you get drunk together? We just have fun, dude. Like, we... Do you eat? No. Like, do I don't, you, I don't do eat when I drink. Do you, like, uh, play games? Do you laugh a lot? Um, yeah. We have fun. We go out, do stuff, play games, joke around. Are you guys... Do you get drunk at the same speed and sort of get to the same place together? Or does one of you tend to outpace the other? It's I I I am capable of outpacing her, but like the net result is that we end up in a similar place. That's pretty good. Yeah, I don't get too wasted, and she doesn't either. Like we we do it in a way where like we'll be hungover, but yeah. we don't like drunk fight. Really, we don't. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. It is. Do you remember? Good. Do you remember the day where where we were hanging out with you two, and you came over to the back? 
garden and there's the picture of us there's the picture of you and me that we posted to the account where my eyes are all yes i was wearing this hoodie right the spacex would you have said that you were very drunk that day or not i became very drunk that day at that moment i was not yet i was really drunk that day (laughs) like oh but you had like been day drinking yeah. Like we met you when you were guys had already had a few. I'd had five margaritas. Yeah. By the end of <laughs> by the end of that night, I was pretty banged up. Okay. Okay. I think dude, everybody at your house that night was pretty banged up. Yeah, those were the parties where it was the you know that was fun mid COVID and we were just it was like the only outdoor space anyone had access totally. to. And that was also like pre second wave. Like every yeah. everything was sort of like trending upward for a mm-hmm, moment mm-hmm. as far as like the ability to hang with each other, mm-hmm. which then quickly kind of came to a halt. Yeah. No, but I, I, I say that we have not mastered it. And and I think the reason is um you know, I some of my demons surface when i'm drunk like in what way um, like your inner demons or sus- sort of like your suspicions, bad insecurities right. jealousy things that i never feel sober and, and that's like I'm, a lot of people get that jealousy for me i'm more likely to be jealous too mm-hmm. when i'm drunk um and you know misinterpreting things or or yeah. taking things to heart that were meant only as very weren't meant intensely whatsoever feeling things too strongly and i'm not not a spiraler when i'm drunk most of the time i'm fine but i will say that where my girlfriend and i never fight sober what fights we have typically happen in or around drinking okay but that's not to say that we i would say like maybe maybe five percent of the time that we're drinking together right 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 and i I think that's normal and we of course dude like i we sort of got into a tiny little tiff the other night because i was looking through a buddy of mine or or hillary was looking through a buddy of mine's phone because he was showing her this girl he was hooking up with and she scrolled too far and there was a picture of a vibrator and and he's like oh my god don't like a picture of her playing with herself your buddy's phone i'm in my buddy's phone it's on your buddy's phone yes and so your girlfriend saw a nude of some other girl, yeah, but no, just from the waist down, of <laughs> vagina and a big, That's a pretty graphic thing to see, vibrant, yeah. And she was kind of like, oh my god. And then she said she made some comment later about it, and it ended up turning into a discussion of me receiving pictures like that, and how, like, I, yeah, I don't know, and it, it just turned into like one of those kind of like drunken conversations where she was just kind of like annoyed at me, yeah. Wait, were you receiving pictures back in the day? Back in the day. Like, you know, the idea of me saying that I had received a bunch of pictures like that or something. Yeah, well, we've the, talked about that on the podcast yeah, before. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting one. So, you know, and the, the but that's sort of the extent of it. Like, I don't want yeah. to act like we never fight. Of course, we have, like, you know, all No, but it's, do. I think it's a very good thing if you are a drinking couple to uh to sort of be on the same wavelength because alcohol can really untie a lot of the foundation that people have and 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 sort of all of a sudden you're off in uncharted waters and and kind of anything can happen it can also it can show you that your foundation isn't a foundation Mm -hmm. that's why i think you know if you're with if you're with somebody who you are compatible with it will be less of a problem than because dude like they're all the, the things that you're kind of discussing 
And you, I, I know you explicitly said it's not a thing that happens regularly. We're all more susceptible to that stuff, I think, when we're drunk. But I've had girlfriends in the past where I would dread going out and drinking with them. Because knew I, it was... I knew it was going to A, show me how we're not compatible. Right. B, she was going to do things that would upset me and make me jealous and make me feel bad and all that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And that sucks. Mm-hmm. So you want to try to avoid that, obviously, at all costs. But dude, this reminds me of an email that I saw that we got. Oh, good. So I think I'm going to pull it up um, and see what you think about this. This email is called Girlfriend Obnoxious and Oblivious When Drunk. Mm. Right? This perfect segue. That's good. My girlfriend and I have been dating for about nine months, and she's overall super lovely and nice, and I enjoy being with her. However, she may be the most annoying drunk person of all time. Oh, no. She's a huge lightweight and gets fucked up so fast. Additionally, she's super emotional and handsy and always repeats how much she loves me, which is embarrassing as fuck. Oh, God. But that's not the worst part. I'm assuming he means in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, she started revealing personal things about me and private parts of our relationship. I know people get annoying when drunk, but it's excessive, and my friends have noticed it too. This has crossed a line, and now I literally dread drinking with her, and whenever she says she's drinking, I will always try to stay home. This sucks a ton, especially because I love her dearly besides this. What the fuck do I do? Honestly, any advice will help at this point. Okay. Can I take a, take a shot at this? Please. This guy, you need to sit her down in a sober moment and have a come-to-Jesus conversation, <laughs> because this is not a small issue you need to say when you drink it's this is the problem and this is why i don't like it and if this continues to happen it's going to hurt our chances of having a future together totally well said i i completely agree you gotta you're you're perfectly within your rights to say that if people can't hold their liquor then they don't deserve to be drinking that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a shitty thing. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Dude, what I, do you think? I, you just nailed it. I, I completely agree. I think that like, when, but when she's drunk, when she's drunk is a time during you guys being together. Yes. That's not like a thing that doesn't count. No. She's great besides the fact when she's drunk, but when she's drunk, she isn't. And you got to work on that. It's also it's also so selfish of someone who is not self-aware enough to know that when they drink like that, they're just relying on their boyfriend or girlfriend to become a babysitter. You're right. 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 Because then I'm I'm sure I'm sure that this guy then just becomes like Mr. Damage Control. Like, okay, let's give you a water now and let's get in an Uber. It's time to go home. And you know, it, it, at the same time, like if you constantly just take on that role and and become that person, they're not. There's no reason for them to assume you're annoyed by it, right? Right. Which right. is why you've got to speak up. You got it. I've had to have that conversation before with women that I've dated. I mean, me too. Where I've been like, you you blacking out is not fun. It's not funny. It's not cool. It's not like. We're not celebrating how fucked up you got. You know, it, it <laughs> sucks. No value there. It no sucks value. to be around people who who black out when you're dating them. Yeah. Um. Because you're not. They're not themselves anymore. You're not dating them. You're now all of a sudden you're dating a fucking vegetable. Yeah. For the night, who wouldn't know how to find their way home. Yeah. Who wouldn't know how to take their own pants off? <laughs> vegetable. You're dating a vegetable. Yeah, that's crazy. You're basically a caretaker for the <laughs> evening. You've become a hired nurse. 
That's so. And crazy that means though. that you can't have fun to the right? extent because you have to fucking watch out for the health and well-being of this person. And you can't look forward to things. Yeah. Because any social engagement means you have to be a keep this person alive. It's like that level. It's like those levels in a video game where you have to keep a person alive. Yeah. And when they die, you lose the level. It would be an easy level, but you have to keep, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so frustrating. And I think I think a lot of the time this happens with people who are dating when they're like 24, 25, <laughs> right? Because people coming yeah. out of college, college is this padded room in which you can black out and somehow there's campus police, there are right, right. university health services, there's four sorority sisters to hold your hair and give you a bucket as you puke, and somehow you just wake up in your bed and life starts <laughs> over. It's one day of Groundhog's Day after another. Right. And, and there are no consequences, basically. Um, and you know, everything's in walking distance, probably. Yeah. Or sort of, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're not going to end it's up confined. on the freeway. Right. So... When you're 24 and 25 and you start moving into the real world, blacking out, you know, the burden on the handler is far greater. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. And if you're dating somebody, like, and they're constantly ex expecting you to just be their college handler as they're accustomed yeah, to, fuck that. sit them down in a sober moment and just be like, you need to stop this or it's going to break us. Yeah. Dude, it's tough. I have like specific, some of the worst memories of my life are of, of things like this. Yeah. Like one time, a girl that I was kind of on and off with, like I was much younger, I was college years, um, we were trying to make it work. So she, and she had had like a thing with this guy that I knew, we weren't together, but it was kind of, it, was, it put me in a tough position because this guy was, was a, related to somebody else I was friends with. And then it was, it just made things complicated in the friend group for a moment. Eventually, it was completely fine. Got over it. And me and her are trying to work things out. So we go out one night and we're, we're trying, we're trying. And one, and, and eventually she like has that drink that puts her over the limit. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I can't find her. And I'm looking around. We're at this place, like this like club kind of place. I'm looking around. Can't find her. Can't find her. I finally find her outside on her knees, crying to the guy from before. Oh, God. Begging him to like take her back, crying. Oh, my God. And I go outside and he looks at me, he puts his hands up. He's like, dude, I have nothing to do with this. And I was like, dude, it's completely fine. This is like, not your, not your bad. It's all good. And she goes, I'm, and she looks at me crying and goes, I'm sorry. I don't love you anymore. Dude, it was literally like the worst moment of my life. Can you, but that's the type of shit, you know, like it's not something that's worth putting up with. Hold on a second. Wait. <laughs> so that was her breaking up with you but this is the thing like we were we weren't back together yet but we were like trying to be so like we went out to this place together me and her together and eventually i can't find her and then that's what was happening oh my god that is a that's bad right oof, that's not ripping off the band-aid that is ripping out the stitches <laughs> ripping out the heart ripping out the <laughs> staples <laughs> taking out the iv tube <laughs> and you know ripping your own hair off too all in one rip boy oh boy uh well julio you know here's the thing like have you heard about the sunk cost fallacy of course of course it's econ 101 so the sunk cost fallacy is this idea that people are willing to 
put up with so much simply because they've put a lot into something. Right. Like you've already, the idea that because you bought a plane ticket, now you have to go because you've bought the plane yeah, ticket. Yeah, if you have concert tickets, the concert comes, the day of the concert, you're violently ill, but you feel like you have to go and suck it up just to somehow justify the purchase right. of the concert tickets. You've paid too much, you've come too far. But it also applies across the board, and it applies in relationships a lot. So and so, we've dated nine months. Right. I love this girl, but she keeps blacking out, and it's impossible every time she's drinking. I want to make it work. I want to make it work. We've come so far, I don't want to start again. Here's the reality, right? The time, the money, it's gone. Yes. It's worthless. Yes. It's worthless. They say you're supposed to ignore the impulse. Like the sunk cost is a sunk cost. You got to think about it with a fresh mind. Going to that concert is not going to get you the money for the concert tickets back. Continuing to date this person is not going to somehow pay for the nine months that you already put in. That you've lost. To the relationship. You will not get that time back. So if you're unhappy, end it. You know what I mean? Relationships like stop this idea that the your pot committed. Totally. Don't be afraid to change your life today. I know it is a terrifying proposition, but time sunk is not time that binds you to a future together. Well said. Well said. Yeah, sometimes you just got to cut your losses. If you're not happy with somebody you can't it's it's like trying to force a fucking screw into a hole it doesn't fit into yeah it's never gonna fit yeah. and you know and 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 make it taking that step backward and feeling shitty you know one step backward for to make two steps forward i think is what they say something like that you, yeah. it, sometimes you just gotta not be afraid like yeah. you'll find the right person i love it all right i got some i got some funny funny dms for you Actually, before I say that, I, there's something I want I, I forgot to cover in the last uh, episode, which I wanted to tell you about, which Please. is this. So when I went on that bachelor party, I was away for four days. My girlfriend has a very chummy relationship with our doormen and has long conversations with them. <laughs> and so they were very aware that I was away because she had told them, you know, he's away in Jackson Hole on a bachelor party. And then on Saturday or whatever, while I was away, she had a, a co-worker friend of hers come over to have a drink or whatever, a guy. And she told me about this, no problem. And then he left. And then when I got home, she you know, told me about it and was like walking me through her days while she was here. And then she said, you know, I wonder if, I should say something to the doorman about the fact that I had a guy over while Francis was away. They knew he was away and whether they thought that I was having an affair. <laughs> oh my God. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then I had it in my mind of, <laughs> are my boys the doorman? <laughs> not gonna tell me that my girl is cheating on me 
That is really funny. Like, are they just Who's gonna be the on her side, like letting <laughs> dudes come in when I'm away and not not raising Dude, it to that me? Is fucking great. And uh, now, now, do I appreciate their discretion of the residents <laughs> in the building, or am I annoyed that they're not being loyal to me and letting me know that my girlfriend is having guys over? You're like, so what? What happened this weekend? Oh, yeah. you know, nothing much around here just another another day dude i, I almost oh, really? wanted to do that i almost <laughs> wanted to be like yeah we uh we any, have any, any visitors any anybody come in here yeah um, you know not that i can remember <laughs> but, I, but jose worked that shift uh saturday afternoon oh did he did he yeah yeah i actually had it <laughs> huh well i'll keep that in mind when i'm uh coming up with my christmas bonus <laughs> keep yeah, jose great. in mind dude so the guy who's the porter in our building is named Pete. Huh. So Pete the Porter, Pete the Sweep. We have a lot of Pete's. We in have our a life, Pete. Dude. We have a Pete in our as our doorman. Really? One of our doormen is a Pete. Yeah. It's crazy, bro. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. All right, I got something else I want to show you really quick. Okay. So this is a DM I got from Brody, and this has to do a little bit with the soap balm. Oh, beautiful situation! Love it. Okay, he says the never-ending saga. This is so fucking funny. Let me preface this by saying I do understand the difference between soap in the sense of dish, laundry, and body, but at the end of the day, I don't believe different soaps do a different task and I refused to bend the knee. <laughs> Recently, I started dating a girl, and when she found out that I used dish soap to wash my body, hair, <laughs> or dishes, she was appalled. I stated, on the bottle, it says how safe and cleansing it is for your skin, so what's the big deal? She was beside herself <laughs> that I did not have three equal soaps for these three different jobs. Preposterous. <laughs> I challenge any scientist to prove to me that at their own individual core, these different soaps are really that different at all. I will never buy body wash, hand soap, and dish soap separately. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> Dude, that is great. Love the pod. Just wanted to pass along uh, to you guys. Dude. He's just using cleaning products to wash his body. The idea of using dish soap <laughs> as body soap is it's insane. Just Ajax, like, leave your countertops yeah. sparkling, <laughs> lemon scented bathroom cleaner, armpit soap. Dude, that's great is so savage it, it he makes like an interesting point but like it just seems like it's rougher like your hands can take the dish soap but like maybe it, it's, it's a great it's a great but it's point. a good point though. it's a great point 
And 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 I'm sure. It's funny to think about. I'm sure that so much of soap is marketing and consumerism uh-huh. and saying you need, you know, twenty different soaps for the right, different right. skincare and all of that. Having said that, the idea to me at this point in my life of of washing my face with like a bar of soap. They say that the right. Dove soap is actually a decent uh, thing to use for your, your it's very gentle. Yeah. Um, Cause that's the thing. It, your face will get really dried out by yeah. using too harsh of soap on it. These, all these different, you know, right? I'm sure the chemical properties are all pretty similar though. I just that makes sense. Yeah. Dude, that's hilarious. So funny. I thought that was so funny. Well, dude, it sounds like our pal over here is half-assing his body yeah. washing experience. Yeah. You know, you need all three soaps. Oh, the old... <laughs> our I old snuck buddy. that in there. Huh? Yeah. The, he's not half-assing our his soap game. Not half-assing he's going soap five game. and one. Gotta go all the way. Gotta go all the way. Our pals over at Don't Half-Ass Anything, they are a phenomenal lifestyle brand. They make tremendous merch. They are currently gearing up to uh, Summit Half Dome in Yosemite. Yeah, I think they do. They do food reviews. I mean, they're really going for it. The the model of let's do it all. Yeah, and fucking not have ass in it. I guess we check out. Uh, we we like them a lot. They have an amazing Instagram account. They've got great sweatshirts and hoodies, and and they also have this ass plate, which is a super fun. That's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, gag kind of kind of novelty gig a gift whatever. Yeah, it is. they're they're very nice, good people, and uh, we like them a lot, and definitely support them. Yeah, check out their website. Read some of their great mountaineering blogs. If you have any interest in adventure, if you like Julio's Pack Light Pod. Um, this is a good pivot as well. Um, they're they're all about outdoors and 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 mountaineering and stuff like that. So, uh, check out their Instagram. Don't have us anything, and check out their website. Don't have us anything.com. And if you like their merch, which we do, use promo code Oops fifteen. You'll get fifteen percent off today. Check them out. Awesome. Um, I got d- another DM for you. Please, let's hear it. Okay, this is this one is a little more serious, but I thought it was really interesting. Love it. Hey, Francis, I have a question for you. You are extremely wise, so I feel you're the perfect person to ask this question. Love it. What am I supposed to do when life gets boring? (laughs) Every day has become the same. I feel like I should be capitalizing more on my time. I'm 20 years old and in college. I'm busy, but I am good at managing my time. For reference, I'm a full-time student. I have two jobs, and I have a 3.91 GPA. Jesus. I have a few friends, no girlfriend. My, my life feels so plain. Every day begins at 5 a.m. and ends at 10. What should I do to break up the monotony? All right. So first and foremost, I would say, and I think we've said this before, that 18 to 23 year olds had the worst run in COVID. Yes. I think life robbed them their formative years. The most 18 years of your life. You are told all the time. College is going to be the most fun time of your life. Right. You finally get there. You do your SATs. You keep your grades up. You send in all your applications. You get your teacher, teacher recommendations. You come up with your student loans or you scrape by paying, you know, taking shitty summer jobs to pay away for to have some money in college, whatever it is. All of a sudden you get there and nope, 
Yeah. It's not happening. Can't go to campus online. Stay at home with your parents. Take these shitty online courses. Mm. Whole year of that. It sucks. No end in sight. It sucks. That is such a bummer. It's a bummer. And but to be honest, it doesn't sound like this kid would have that much time to do anything anyway. I mean, he's, you know, getting through college, he's working to have money to do stuff, and he's doing really well and getting good grades. You know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with like sacrificing when you have to so that you can pay off down the road. I mean, if you continue with this these great grades and it just sounds like this person's really on top of their stuff, like you will benefit from that. It's true. But I do think that this question of boredom is a very relevant one. And it's one that uh, I think we are uniquely positioned to tackle. Because boredom is a, you know, is something that afflicts a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And the advice that I gave to this guy, I, I gave him like five different options. Love it. Let's so, hear it. Well, I mean, it's nothing too crazy but like the first thought i had was you know i said do you like do you like exercising he's like yeah you know i like to go for a run and i was like all right well why don't you try to get your fucking mile time down to six and a half minutes right right or six fifteen or six minutes whatever it is Mm -hmm. and like look up some youtube videos about running training and how to really shave time off Mm -hmm. because exercising takes a lot of time and if your issue is that you have too much time that you're bored, go exercise. Wait, did he mean 10 a.m. or 10 p.m.? 10 p.m. Right. 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. Jesus. It's his day. So my thought was like, all right, if you, because exercise can take two hours, right? Right, right. So that's a pretty big chunk of your day. Yeah. And what's cool is that if you set an exciting goal like that, over time, you build the habit of working towards it, you know, not only will you kill the bird of boredom in some way, you'll end up with like a killer body. Right. You'll, or you'll self-improve. you'll feel fucking awesome. And it'll feel extra gratifying because when it takes that much time to do something, it's very rewarding. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's my first thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's like hobbies and work yeah, and reading books. You know, put together a great book list. Like I, people often ask me for book, book recommendations. I wreck books on the podcast all the time. I'll put together a book list for people at some point that we'll post on the Instagram so people have an actual thing to look at. But um, reading, you know, I'm not going to say pick up another language. That's just way too specific. Yeah. But an instrument, dude. Learn something. Yeah, learn Instruments how to do something. Instruments are fun. I love playing my guitar. I love playing the piano. And I'm not that committed to it, but I play probably three, three times a week. Yeah. For 45 minutes, three, three or four times a week. And, you know, take lessons because that keeps you honest if you can afford it. And uh, just try to build a skill that you can show off to people because then you'll have something to show as a product of how you solved boredom. Right. <laughs> right. Right. That's kind of my thought. Yeah. I think it's a good one. Yeah. You know, De- definitely. Like, yeah, you said it. Very good. When you get bored, what do you do? So I, I have like a lot of sort of a lot of things that I can do to avoid being bored. Yeah, you're pretty good at I'm not pre- getting bored. I'm, I'm decent at not getting bored. And I, but I have my little projects too, dude. Like I'm in the midst of trying to absorb every room in the entire Metropolitan Museum of Art. Oh my God. Did I, have I ever talked about this? How I many lived, times have you been in there? 
I have a membership and I go all the time and dude, there's a, there's like hundreds of rooms and I'm, I'm really close. I've almost completed it. I've the, I've been to every single room on the first floor. There's this one tiny little room in the American wing that has been closed the entire time. And I'll periodically go check to see if it's open so I can cross it off. I have the map and I cross off each room after I go. And the rule is that I listen to the audio guides if they have it, because you can do it on your phone. And otherwise I'll kind of just like float around and see what calls speaks to me or not. But that's like a really fun thing to do. That is a remarkable thing that you're taking on. <laughs> that is a remarkably yeah, a remarkably uh sort of renaissance bohemian <laughs> undertaking well dude i live down the street so I've, i a couple of years ago and hillary got me a membership as a gift and i was like that's cool like i'm gonna start going a lot um it's right there why not and then i kind of thought that i would do that it's been really rewarding and, and fun and I've, I've probably been hundreds of times oh my god i had no idea yeah sure dude dude i I am a I'm a C plus museum goer, C plus I'd give myself. I You're an A plus. Well, may, maybe I, anybody I, that's been to the Met a hundred times is I do, a fucking legend. I've been I've been a lot. I've you been know a lot. the janitors. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, but dude, you could sleep there and then wake up in a tuxedo and sneak into the Met ball. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I could get anywhere in the Met without a map. Yeah, You're like a. I know it really fucking, really well. I don't know. It's You're crazy. like the Eloise. <laughs> Of the Met. <laughs> but so, dude, this is the problem with, there's a two problems with this project. A is that it's a it's become oppressive a little, which Hillary always says that I take on oppressive interests, where like there are days where it feels like a chore. Mm -hmm. I'm slugging through the fucking, you know, some Egyptian peer thing that I'm not interested at all, yet I'm doing it because I feel like I have to. She's like, why are you doing right. that? I think that's true of everything. Yeah. Books, yeah. working out. No, you're, you're right. So, so, yeah. So there's that. But also, dude, sometimes they change things and it's really frustrating. Like the European painting section, there's two sections and half of it has been closed this whole time. They moved all the Dutch masterpieces to the back of the museum. <laughs> um, Rembrandt's, Vermeer's. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Van Eek, all those guys. Yeah. All the like, uh, you know, whatever, Flemish, Dutch and all that shit. Anyway, so they recently reopened it and they, they moved things around. So now oh. stuff that was in, and I don't, I don't know what's where. And it's really frustrating and giving me a lot of anxiety. And then I'm like, this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever. So I'll do that. Another thing that I like to do is that on the Atlas Obscura website, there are all these cool things in New York that are just like random. And like, if I ever have extra time, I'll just be like, what's near me? And I'll look it up and I'll just go. Interesting. Um, so do you, uh, Atlas Obscura. Do you wear bird dogs for that? You know, dude, it's funny that you brought that up. I was, I had, I had a feeling you might. I had a feeling you might be wearing bird dogs. But I'll tell you what, dude, they are the perfect pant for that sort of activity. As we both know, the cool silk lining on the inside will keep your shit nice and cool dis despite the different climates. When you're walking around outside and then you go inside the museum, it can get a little hot. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to have something that is temperature adjusted. Um, and the same thing with, you know, walking around the city. Yeah. When I'm at the Met, it, the one or two times that I've ever been, uh, I, I like to think that I was probably wearing my bird dog's pants because <laughs> I'll tell you what, Julio, um, when I'm in a museum that standing around for so long makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. My yeah. body hurts. Yeah. My organs settle incorrectly. Yeah, I, feel you. I feel you. And if not for my bird dog's pants, I would need to sit down on those 
couches in the middle. Dude, totally. And especially now that the coat check is not a thing. Like you have to carry your coat. You can't check your pants. You can't. <laughs> you can't check your pants. You cannot check your pants. Check but, your pants at the door. But just saying. So as far as the like standing, you're also carrying. Yeah, and it can be a little bit pain in the ass. So it's good. Sure is. Do you do you give a suggested donation? Um, no, because I have I'm a member. Oh, so I don't have to buy tickets. So I got that, and then I got another membership as a gift from a friend who joined like the Apollo Circle. Mm. So she gets to gift a membership. Wow. So she gave it to me, which was really nice. You had uh, two memberships. Hillary's expired. The one that I got from I see Isabella, who's basically my sister, um, is still cooking well that's so. great listen yeah. if you're gonna get a membership to any museum make sure you do it wearing your bird dog's pants go to the museum in your bird dog's pants you will get a free pair of nunchucks with your first order if you use promo code oops oops birddogs.com check them out our favorite pants and shorts great Love for it. summer thank you um dude i got a funny thing that happened to me the other day so yes i have a friend who i like to play pranks on and sure. the last two have not gone well like I put a bumper sticker on his car that said like warning, like driver likes cock or something like something <laughs> stupid, something so stupid. And he saw it after it, and mind you during the week that it was on the car. I was the only one who drove the car. So now I'm driving. <laughs> I was, it's just, and dude, it's, it's an immature, stupid joke, but it's uh -huh. funny. It's That's like, funny. come on, it's pretty funny. Sometimes those are fun. So we we're cracking up about it. He found it finally. And like, frantically tried to rip it off his car and it fucked up the paint on the back of his car oh. and he got so mad at me and then i was like i'm sorry Dennis. so i went i brought it to the place to get it fixed um i think he it was included in his warranty so i didn't have uh -huh. to pay um and now he thinks it's hilarious but at the time he was really upset so i decided i'd play another prank on him i this guy lives with me so i live in his house basically in his family house mm -hmm. um and his family goes to this country club and he now is old over a certain age where he had to get his own membership. Oh, that's so, a tough day. So he hasn't started getting any bills from them or anything yet. So I thought it would be funny to make a fake bill for him. Oh my God. He's out of, he's out, he's out of town. So I'm like, dude, you got a bill from the country club. He goes, fuck, are you serious? And he's coming home in a few days. So I literally make this bill. I print it out. And in the bill, it's like here at the country club, we love our like seafaring tradition our commitment to sports. And then I said something like stupid that a country club would never say. And like excluding everybody who isn't whatever, like something like that. And then at the bottom, it was like, please pay Julio Gallerati $5,000. But I made like the official letterhead, everything. I stuffed it in an envelope. I made the return address from the country club <laughs> and I slid it under his door. Okay. Hilarious, right? Super obvious that it's not real. Super obvious that yeah. it's not real. But when I went to send it to the printer, I accidentally sent it to his mom's printer. <laughs> And it printed out on his mom's printer. And she sent him a screenshot. She goes, what is this? And he's like, she thought that I was like trying to scam him or something. Oh my God. <laughs> so he goes, mom, he goes, mom, we're best friends. We prank each other. Like, I don't know how to explain it. And she goes like, well, I don't think it's that funny. So now she, she's I, like, what does he have against so, on you? Dude, so yeah. I wake up to this and then I have to go have this talk with her. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I'm really sorry. You I got in trouble. <laughs> I was like, I meant no disrespect. She wasn't. And she was totally cool about it. She's like, oh, I don't care. She's like, I was just confused. Like she uh -huh. was cool, but it was so awkward having to be like, I meant no disrespect against the country club. I love going there too. Like I love it there. I don't want, I know it's weird to see that out of context. 
It's just, dude, I was like, are you serious? Having to apologize for things that you really don't think are bad is one of the most fucking, <laughs> it takes years off your life. It was so stressful, dude. You're just dude. sitting there feeling like, oh. <laughs> I get a text from him with a screenshot of the text from her and him just saying, dude, you're an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That suck. It sucks. It sucks. Fuck, man. That's such a harmless and, and fun thing. I don't know. I mean, I don't know, Classic. dude. I hope that I never lose the ability <laughs> to see the light of of things like that. Of a gag. Yeah. It's fun, dude. Yeah. Because they're really, I mean, yes, there is a line, right? There yeah. are gags that are, are harmful. Yes, of course. Uh, but then there are so many that, that brighten the world and should not be taken personally. And and everyone thinks the gags are funny until they come to them. Until yeah. the chickens come home to roost and then all of a sudden people lose their sense of humor. And you're like, what the fuck happened? Where's the disconnect? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. can you root for the pie on the face of so many other people? <laughs> and then when someone th pies your face. It's not cool anymore. You start weeping and screaming and throwing a hissy fit. What the fuck is that about, dude? That's great. That's true, man. It happens all the time. That is true. Oh, drives me nuts. I got something for you. Okay. Uh, okay. 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 Check this out. So, um, oh, this is a question I have for you. Sure. Um, all right. D tell me if we've talked about this. Okay. There was a, uh, a high school in Texas that was uh they had this assignment where they were it was called like medieval chivalry day right and every year this english teacher this history teacher assigned it the kids it was a tradition at the school kids look for shallow water texas okay right so probably one of the last bastions of <laughs> political incorrectness oh, right. one of the least woke places on earth you'd have to imagine okay. that's a total assumption for me but certainly not you know right. some berkeley california enclave of farmers right. markets portland and, oregon yeah and, totally. and sensitivity so um so the the day the assignment is like the the women you know, you, they dress up in sort of medieval garb and then the men wear sort of medieval stuff. And the women are supposed to like keep their heads bowed to walk behind the men. <laughs> oh my God. And to, but the, but the men, when the women enter the room, the men have to stand up. Okay. Uh, they hold the doors for all the women. Mm -hmm. You know, there's sort of, it, it's the whole point of Sounds the exercise harmless. is to, illustrate how what was considered considered chivalry in medieval times was in fact completely sexist mm -hmm. the women mm -hmm. have to pick up after the men uh -huh. you know it's there are all these constructions that they have that it's, it's meant to show like look at you know look, look how, how sexist actually was right but of course parents got hold of it went on facebook started talking to each other spinning the hamster wheel all of a mm -hmm. sudden it reaches hysterical levels and letters of complaint are written and the tradition is struck now the kids who offered you know sort of thoughts on this to the paper in which i read this were pretty pretty aware like they i was impressed with their perspective on it they were like look 
we get what the teacher's trying to do. A lot of kids actually look forward to this day. Mm -hmm. They have their outfits planned out. They understand it. It's an exercise. Exactly. Having said that, you know, I can understand why people would have been upset by it. Mm -hmm. And it honestly sounded like, and by the way, the kids had the option to take part or not. Right. And if they didn't want to take part, they just had to write like a one-page paper on chivalry medieval, in medieval times. Whatever. Got it. Um, so it sounded like the kids had a total awareness of this, and yet the parents were the ones who overwoke it. Interesting. And I think this is probably the case a lot of the time. Interesting. It makes sense that our generation. And maybe the parents of the of the generation above, you know, maybe maybe these youngsters like the the Gen Zs and whatnot, they're a little more pragmatic. They're than less. We think. They're less hyper woke than we think. Mm -hmm. And maybe the world will recorrect, right? A little bit back. I hope so. Yeah, hope but so. like, but my question was. Did you have any assignments or role-playing things in high school that, looking back on, were, would not fly today whatsoever? Not like that, but I remember like in elementary school, the teacher, if you had a loose tooth, she would just like reach in your mouth and pull it out for you. Wow. But like, <laughs> that would not be okay today. Um, no. <laughs> But besides that, it's barbaric. There, I can't think of any like particular rituals that that we did that wouldn't be okay. Still. I I have one. What, what was it? And it's so funny because I didn't think of this until I read this article, and then it it triggered this memory mm -hmm. of something that we did in high school that like I didn't think a whole lot of, and looking back, I am astonished, <laughs> astonished <laughs> that this flew. <laughs> It was AP US history. I was a junior. I won't say the teacher's name. Um, first first day of class. First day. By the way, brand new teacher. He had just come into the school. Coming, but he was a coming in hot. He had already been hired as like the the baseball coach. I'm leaving a pretty easy trail of breadcrumbs, whatever. <laughs> For the sake of uh his reputation, I'm lying. Um so okay, we we walk into class. Everyone's heard about this guy. He's also a pretty attractive guy. So like the girls were hot already teacher. talking about the hot new teacher. And um, he tells half the class to go to the, we like push all the desks to the, to the periphery of the room. And then he tells half the class to stand in the front of the class. And then he tells the other half to stand at the back. He sends me to the front of the class. He then has, um, Everyone in the front of the class, he like tapes off this really small area and tells us that we have to, all of us, like t 10 of us, g get into this really small area for some, for some reason. We don't know what's going on. Jesus. So we're kind of trying to like configure like, ourselves <laughs> getting into this. And he tells us to lie down. But like we have to lie on top of each other. Jesus. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? Nobody really knows what's going on, right? And he tells us, to, and he's like, okay, remember that discomfort. Now, stand up, and I want everyone to start doing push-ups and count how many push-ups you can do in one minute. And we're like, what the fuck? Okay. So we start doing push-ups. 
right? I I I I probably did the most. I was like, you know, it was like <laughs> me and you know nerds and some whatever. Yeah. But I was I was an athlete, so I probably did the most, right? And then he tells the people in the back of the class to start bidding on us. Oh, uh, and of course. You know, like they're like, comparison. they're like, we'll give, I'll give $40 for Francis. I'll give $50. Like, and each person in the back had a certain money, amount of money that they were allowed to use. They had a budget. So they're like, I'll give $10 for this guy. And, you know, first of all, it's insulting to the people who are getting really low bids. But more importantly, it was all an exercise to simulate a slave auction. Yeah, Jesus. And the, and the passage of the slaves on the ship mm-hmm. in terrible quarters. Yeah. And we we figured this out halfway through and people like got into the exercise of it. You know, it's not a particularly diverse student body that we had at this public school that I went to. Um, And his whole point was like to illustrate the horrors of uh, and the the lack of humanity of a slave auction and and, and the the cramped passage on the ships. But he's simulating... S- right. slavery that was that his would, whole point that could potentially cause outrage. oh my god yeah that would be written up in the fucking wall street journal the new york times that teacher would be fired mm-hmm. today yeah he might he could be so that was the thing uh, i mean looking back, he thought he was like i'm gonna come into that school and blow everyone's mind got a great exercise yeah. for day one <laughs> we're gonna start hot <laughs> that is crazy man you're right that would definitely be a controversial thing today yeah. If you guys have any of those, let us know. If shit yeah. that like when you were a kid or that was like fine in school or whatever, or even just like a sports coach or something. Like there was definitely, yeah, I don't know. There was some weird coaches, but even at the time, I remember my parents being like, guy's a fucking psycho. Like, yeah. My brother's baseball coach. Yeah. Coaches, uh, whew, I had some run ins. <laughs> that is them. Oops the podcast we appreciate you guys listening send any of your uh horrific role-playing assignments from (laughs) high school into oops the podcast at gmail.com uh talk to us about anything really we love your emails and your dms uh i'm francis ccls on instagram he's not julio with a j follow our instagram account oops the podcast follow our tiktok and um follow the youtube as well because that's a fun place where we air all of our episodes front to back We will see you guys soon. Thanks for listening.